0: Log Talk Radio. Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. We're here tonight not to hear a man speak, hopefully, because if you're here to hear a man speak, you're going to be woefully disappointed. You're going to leave this place uh, wanting a refund even if you didn't pay any money. (laughs) So my prayer tonight is that you came to hear the Word of God. Amen. 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 Because we can talk about future events and we can talk about prophecy and it would be easy for me to stand here and tell you my life story and my experiences with God but we're living in a time where we need to analyze the spiritual condition of this nation not from a patriotic point of view not as Americans but as children of God who desire to see more of the power of God in their lives and the question that stirs my heart is what would this nation be if it truly were a Christian nation? This is the question that keeps me up at night. So, before I get into anything, I need you to come to an agreement with me. If there's a point of contention between your opinion, my opinion, and the Word of God, let's allow the Word of God to have the Bible say. Amen? Amen. 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 Because tonight I will speak the Word of God. See, my words are irrelevant. My life story really doesn't mean that much. It's exciting and it's a good story. But in the end, we're living in a time where Christ is no longer welcome in his own house. We're living in a time where the Word of God has become an offense. and a nation that pretends to know God. If you watch Christian television with any regularity, you think that the only scripture in the Bible is the one about the widow and Zarephath. There's more to the word of God than the widow. But see, we focused on one thing in this nation and we've obsessed over it for so many years that we've lost sight of the fact that God is not simply there to be your ATM.
1: Amen. All right.
0: God is not simply there for you to go and ask for stuff. Amen. See, tonight... I'm not going to ask you to give me money. Tonight I'm not going to take an offering or tell you to give me a seed faith. Tonight I'm going to ask you to part with something infinitely more difficult to part with. I'm going to ask you to look into your heart and allow God to take control of it. Because I'm not here for your money, God knows. I'm here to preach the word of God and whether you like me or you hate me, in the end, the fact that I preach the word of God to you tonight it's all i here to do. We're living in a time of great uncertainty in this world. We can start talking about prophecy, we can start talking about revelation and, and dreams and visions, but we're already seeing the Bible come to life before our very eyes. You don't really need prophetic utterance anymore to realize the times that we're living in. We are living in the end times. Everything that Christ spoke about everything that John the Revelator saw, is beginning to come to pass before our very eyes. And the thing that should concern us, more than anything else, is the condition of God's house in these times. Because judgment begins in the house of God. I was talking to the pastor about this before the service. See, I'm not concerned with the condition of the world. The world is the devil's already. Our job is to try to pluck as many out as we can. But my concern extends to the house of God. Because if we're living under the illusion that we know the fullness of God, yet we know nothing of Him, when the time comes to stand up, when the time comes to do battle, you know, we love to sing that song, my warrior dressed for battle. Well, we'll find ourselves weaponless and dressed for slumber. Because see, we've come to believe in an easy faith in this country, a cheap Christianity, without sacrifice. A worthless calling, where all you have to do is show up one Sunday every year or so and write out a check and everything is okay. But see, there's a difference between the Word of God and the opinions of men. And if tonight we would have advertised this meeting as come and, and plan your finances the Christian way, or how to plan for your retirement, biblically, or how to get rich and have everything you ever wanted, ten steps for God to make you wealthy, this place will be packed out.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: But once again, as children of God, we need to realize that the material is the last thing we should be concerned with. Mm-hmm. It says, see first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Yeah. See, the material things that the Christian world today focuses on so much were simply an afterthought to God. Consider this. See, our expectation of our God today extends only as far as the world's expectation is of theirs. We want stuff. But God says those things, those scraps, those material things, those worthless things are for the dogs. They're not for those of my house. If you realize the blessings and the gifts that God had in store for his children, you would realize the futility of the material world. Because God has in store for you what he has reserved only for you. But here we find another paradox because, well, the church no longer believes in these things. We no longer believe that God can still speak to his people. We no longer believe in miracles. We no longer believe in healing. We no longer believe in dreams and visions and prophecy and speaking in tongues. Because, well, those things were in the past. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, (coughs) was taken up to heaven, he said, I will not let you be orphans, didn't he? Yeah. He said, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you and in you, for a limited time only. Is that what he said? No. He said he will be with you and in you until the end of time. See, we're living in the most exciting times that the church has ever lived in the history of the world. The prophets of old would envy you knowing the times that you're living in because they prophesied about the times that you're living in. Now consider the following how could God be just if now when we need him more than ever before now when we need his power his presence, his spirit his providence more than ever before why would he now choose to leave us orphans but still we look at the church as a whole and we wonder why isn't God working why don't we see miracles Why don't we see the things that we only hear about in other places? I had somebody ask you, how come only you Romanians and Russians have dreams and
1: visions?
0: (laughs) The simple answer is because we believe. That's right. Amen. See, that's the simple answer, but it gets a little more complicated. Go with me to Isaiah. Chapter 59. Because God is not to blame for the spiritual condition of the American church. I should have heard amen. Amen. Amen.
1: God is not
0: to blame for the spiritual condition of the American church. And if you think the spiritual condition of the American church is fine, then you need to open your eyes just a little bit. It's become a profit-driven heresy. The only thing that we're concerned with in, in much of the church today is the bottom line. It doesn't matter if the people are transformed by the power of God. It doesn't matter if they're compelled to change. Alright. By the unction of repentance as long as they fill the seats.
1: Hallelujah, that's
0: right. As long as we get the numbers. It doesn't matter if they're saved Help as, us as us long us as Lord. they give their money. What has the house of God become? Help us. Can we still ask, why isn't God doing miracles? His hand is not short, the Bible says. His ear is not heavy. But your iniquities have separated you from God. And if the people of God are separated from God by their iniquities, then God cannot work in their midst. See, although words like righteousness and holiness have become taboo and antiquated in the American church, they're still necessary in order for us to experience the fullness of God's power. I know that the new message of the hour is tolerance. I realize this because we're hearing it everywhere. It doesn't matter what God you pray to. Me and we were watching this on Christian television today pray to Buddha, pray to Allah, Jesus still loves you. you're still yes. going to get to heaven. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh Jesus.
0: Whether you're a Christian or not, or... Whether you're a Christian, or you're not a Christian, Savior, and Savior, God is blind to it all. Yeah. This is what the gospel has become. We've made a business out of the word of God. And the world sees this. We're a power now. The house of God has become a power. The world sees that, hey, these Christians can afford to buy stuff and they will pander to us because they want to sell us stuff. And yet the Word of God says, come out from among them. Be separate. Be set apart. Be different. Because whether you want to believe it or not, dark days are coming upon this earth. Whether you want to believe it or not, days of destruction are coming even upon this nation. And when those days come, it will not matter what denomination you belong to. It will not matter what rung of the social ladder you're perched upon. It will not matter how much money you gave to my ministry or pastor's ministry or anyone else's. The only thing that will cause the angels of God to stand guard around you and protect you, Hallelujah. will be righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These things are necessary now more than ever before. I know that it's an unpopular message. If it was a popular message, I'd have my own TV show. <laughs> <laughs> the thing Jesus said, Blessed is he who is not offended by me. Hallelujah. Amen. I never understood that until recently. <laughs> I could not reconcile the idea of a child of God being ashamed and offended by Christ. Help us, Lord. But if you walk in many churches today and you begin to recite the words of Christ Jesus and nothing else, they'll wrinkle their noses. We don't want to hear that stuff. We don't want to hear about picking up our cross daily and following Him. We don't want to hear about denying the flesh because the flesh is sweet. We want to hear about opulence and luxury. We want to hear about how to get a thousand percent return on our investment with God. We want to hear about, oh, God wants us rich. God wants you righteous first. That's right, amen. <coughs> because what would it profit a man? Yeah. <coughs> to gain the world and lose his soul. Sell me your soul! How much do you want? can't put a price on it, can you? But men do it every single day. What a tragic thing that in a nation where freedom flourished, in a nation where at the touch of a keystroke you could know everything there was ever to know about doctrine, dogma, God, the Holy Spirit, theology, philosophy, We chose ignorance. We chose ignorance. We let the wolves come in and we believed. Because their way was easier than the gospel's way. We chose deception because it was easy on the flesh. This is why God will punish America. Because his house has abandoned him. And if you don't believe it, look about the Word of God. I know that some of you are thinking in your head, Brother, I c- can't because we're special. Why? Why do you think you're more special than any other nation in this world? Israel was special in God's eyes too. Yeah. But see, God is constrained by His righteousness. God needs no pleasure in judgment, but His righteousness demands that He That's judges. Right. That's yeah.
1: the Word. Right. Hallelujah. Right. That is the Word. Yeah. Now I know,
0: once again, some of you are thinking, well, you know, this is only an intellectual exercise, because I'm hip to it. I've read the Left Behind series. I know that I'm not (laughs) going to be here for these things. You don't need to tell me about end time stuff, because although over 60% of the Bible talks about the times that we're living in, foolishly we do not believe that we will be here for those times.
1: Reconcile that idea in your mind.
0: Although God spends over 60% of this book talking about the end times, we are to believe that God simply wasted ink. Who was this book written for? The children of God. The children of God. Yeah. See, anything that takes place after we're gone doesn't concern us anymore. Looking in heaven, looking down, goes, "Wow, look, the Bible was right." Boy, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That
0: point. laughs> see, over the next two days, we're going to talk about these things. This is what I said in the beginning: between your opinion, my opinion, and the Word of God, let us believe the Word of God. Amen. Because there is too much deception that has crept into the house of God, and we believe it because it's easy on the ears. The Bible says at one point in Ezekiel, my prophets prophesy falsely, and my people love to have it so. They enjoy the easy gospel. They enjoy the idea of sprouting wings and flying away at the first sign of trouble. And I've heard pastors and preachers stand up at this and say, We should have been gone by now. That's scary to me. Because it's in your heart and in your mind your purpose that you're not going to be here for these days. When you see these days with your own eyes what will you do? See I, I, I know that some of us take these doctrines of and doctrines ah, you know nobody believes it. Yeah they do. Believe me. People believe it. And if you don't think that it's a detriment to the house of God just ask yourself this question. What will become of those that do not believe they will ever see a day of trial in their entire life? When they see tribulation, staring them in the face. Ask yourself that question. See, these are heavy things that we need to deal with. And I know that some of you are saying, well, i read the brochure surely he was going to talk about prophecy. This is more important. Because you can know everything there was to know about every single event that will come from this moment until Christ returns and still end up in hell. That's right. Knowing the future will not profit you. Amen. Knowing the future will not do you any good. It's knowing what we need to do in order to be on the side of right and on the side of God.
1: Hallelujah. When these
0: things begin to come to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, I don't need to stand here and tell you about, oh, prophecy says this is going to happen. You're seeing it happening.
1: That's
0: right. See, things that we didn't believe could happen 20 years ago are happening today. Amen. Right. We have more enemies than we thought we did. We have less friends than we hoped we did. That's right. The wolves are at the door just fighting. Yeah. Yes they are. Sniffing, hoping to smell blood. That's right. But we still beat our chests. Oh, we're still strong. God won't let us endure these things. Why? Because we're so righteous. See, if you want to see the condition of a nation, look at its church first and foremost. That's right. Because God doesn't judge a nation on the basis of the sin of the nation. He judges the nation on the basis of the sin of the church. Mm the house of God it's corrupt in America I've been doing this since I was 12 years old over half my life is spent on the road preaching in churches and rarely do you find a place that still mentions the name Jesus that still has something called prayer time see we've torn down the altar, to make room for the Starbucks and the Orange Julius in the lobby. We've sacrificed prayer hour for the sake of expedience. We've done away with Bible study because it may be too controversial. We've barred the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we want to be friendly to seekers. We've abandoned God and His grace, and we still beat our chest and say we are strong and we are mighty. O oh Laodicea. O oh Leodesia, <coughs> when will you open your eyes to the reality that you are poor and wretched? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That your sin has separated you from your God. That you are forsaken. That you need to find where well, you left God and take Him out hand Holiness. and start walking Holiness. with Him again.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Time is short. I'm a 31-year-old man. I've been married for six years and I see my wife maybe two days a week. And I would love to have a normal life. And I would love to stay home and and have a dog and have a nine-to-five job. I envy normality. And if time were not so pressing, perhaps I could take some time off. But I see the clouds rolling in. and 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 I see the darkness descending. And anyone that has any sort of spiritual insight sees the time that they're living in. And this is why I'm here tonight. Not to ask you for your money. Not to ask you to contribute to ministry. You know what? God will provide even if you don't give a penny. I don't Hallelujah. care. Hallelujah. But as long as you look into your heart and analyze yourself, look into the mirror of God's Word and say, is there anything in means that God needs to extract before He can fill you with His Holy Spirit. Yeah, hallelujah, thank God. If you take the time and ask yourself that question, then I would have done my job well. Hallelujah. Because see, God still needs servants. God still needs disciples. God still needs willing vessels. And it's easy to pass the buck and say, God, find somebody else perhaps God wants you. Amen. Let's continue with Isaiah. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice, nor does any plea for truth. They trust in empty words, and speak lies. This is why you're not seeing the power of God in the American church. Because our entire doctrine is a fabrication. There is no foundation to the teachings of spiritualized humanism that we're feeding to the flock today. does sound good, doesn't it? How to be a better you. Learn how to smile even when it rains. But see, these are external things that really don't matter. Because when you have God, you're not happy. Due to your circumstances, you're happy to spite of your circumstances. Hallelujah, that's right. Yeah. right. you know, have the joy of God in your heart, it's not the big house and an indoor pool and then the $50,000 pinky ring. Now, what do you you can smile?
1: <laughs>
0: it's knowing that the Creator of all that is stands with you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every smile, every that through every hardship, that through every darkness, that through every valley, Hallelujah! Thank you. He me. walks with you. Yeah! Yes. Yes. Hallelujah! That is the true joy of a child of yes. God. Yeah! But see, we've limited God with stuff. Hallelujah!
1: You yes. it. That's all right. Lord,
0: give me stuff, and I'll be content. Hallelujah. The world has stuff. Are they content? No. No. But see, we think we find our happiness in these things. And we've made a doctrine out of greed. And we've made a doctrine out of lust in this nation. And man, it's caught on. It's caught on big. And there's still schmucks like me that still say, Hey, but the Bible says this. But but the Bible talks about righteousness a lot more than it does about riches. The Bible talks about holiness a lot more than about prosperity. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about the true value of spiritual gifts compared to material excess. Mm, that's why right. Will we, why will we not see it? Well, because those things require sacrifice. See, we hear of God doing great and wondrous things in other nations. But once in a while we also hear what those men had to suffer and endure in order to reach that relationship with God, that purity of heart, that righteousness, for God to use them. There is a price to be paid. There is a price to be paid. And once you taste the goodness of God and once you realize all that He has in store for you, you know in your heart of hearts that it's more than worth it. Whatever God would require, whatever sacrifice you must make, do it. Because what God has in store for you is worth more than anything that the world can offer. That's right. Yes. That's right. See? we sold ourselves cheap in this country. New car, nice house. Little money in the bank. Jesus was offered the world. Jesus was offered the world. The devil came and said, bow and all that you see, the world and everything in it is yours. Mm -hmm. All you must do is bow. And every man of God, every woman of God throughout history, the devil has come and said, God! And I will grant you the desires of your heart. Compromise! Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you'll have more members than you know what to do with. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. right. Compromise. Mm-hmm. And the world will applaud you for your forward-thinking nature, for your theological flexibility. Don't laugh. I saw it on the news. If I tell you his thing, you will know him. And he was being interviewed, and the man interviewing him said, and this is a pastor, I applaud you and the world applauds you for your theological flexibility and the pastor just sits there and smiles and says, thank you. Basically, he was telling us his faith that the world appreciated the fact he compromised his beliefs. Friends, there are still absolutes. Absolutes. There are still absolutes. And Jesus Christ at one point in the book of Mark says, if you deny me, before men, I will deny you before the Father. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to reconcile the new theology with the words of Christ. Because I've heard preachers deny His sovereignty and His deity. You, you know what I'm talking about if you keep shaking your head. <laughs> you remember that? Do you believe that Jesus is the only way to his life? Well, I can't really say that. Oh, excuse me? And you pastor a church of 16,000 souls. What depths of hell will you be found in for having led so many astray? Yeah, I realize that some of you are thinking, have gone for the Christian comic. I would have smiled more. <laughs> 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 the time for smiles and levity is far gone. It's time for us to get serious about God. Amen. It's time for us to burn for God. Amen. Amen. For to burn for God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah! Be desperate. Yeah. Yeah. God. Amen. Amen. To desire nothing less than his all. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you desire nothing less than his all, he will give you his all. Yeah.
1: And,
0: and then you will, will know be. what it is to have the fullness of God in your Amen. life. And then men may come and persecute you, and you will smile through yes, it. Amen. Men may mock you and ridicule you, and you will thank God for it. Everything that the Bible says you will do because you will know what it is to have God living in you. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank
1: you, Jesus.
0: I'm sick of living a lie. I don't want the illusion of salvation. That's I -hmm. I don't want a glimpse of the power of God. I don't want to live in nostalgic times telling you stories of what I've seen and hearing stories of what others have seen. I want to see the power of God manifest here and now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I know that He is able. Yes, He is. See, I believe in a God of power. I believe in a God of miracles. Amen. And that's all that is required. Believe only. And you will see with your eyes things that you cannot even imagine. Verse 9. Therefore justice is far from us. Nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday. We are as dead men in desolate places. See, this is talking about spiritual blindness. This is talking about spiritual death. We broke as blind men. We run and we chase teaching to teaching to teaching, doctrine to doctrine, manifestation to manifestation. That's That's right. We go from movement to movement hoping that our souls will be filled, that that void would finally be plugged up. And we find no comfort. Because you will not find what you're looking for in movements. And you'll not find what you're looking for in new doctrine. And you'll not find what you're looking for in certain evangelists. You will find what you're looking for on your knees. In humility and repentance. That is the only place you will find what you're looking for. See, we, we, we love to make idols out of men. We love to lift men up and applaud them in them, right And we love to snicker when they fall. Men will fail you each and every single time regardless of who they are. Please listen to me. Men will fail you. Be it the crispy looking guy on television with the nice tie and the big ring. Be it me. See, none is perfect but Christ. If you believe the words of Jesus, know that He will never fail you. It's His promise. And my God is not a liar. My God is not a liar. He promises that He will never fail us. If only we obey. See, whoever told you that the walk was easy, never really walked the walk. They just talked to the talk. Because it wasn't meant to be easy. Sacrificing the flesh dying to this world is a painful process. I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up with a grandfather that suffered for Christ. I grew up with a father that was a preacher that was beaten and tortured. And when my day came that I meet my God, it was as painful for me as it was for them to break from the world. To look at everything I've left behind and despise it. Because that is what God requires. Despise the world you left behind. And seek an ever closer walk with Him. But see, if we keep looking back longingly, if we keep stepping back to See what we laugh and then move forward again. We'll be stuck in that same place. Amen, that's right. We will never reach that place of maturity in God, where God can begin to use us, yeah.
1: where we become
0: useful vessels in His hands. <clears throat> but we found excuses for everything in God's house today. Oh, the brother just backslid a few dozen times. Yeah. Really? well you know I, I, I know that he's living in sin but he's the biggest giver we have see we found excuses for everything in God's house but God is not buying our excuses <coughs> see that's the scary thing to me we see that God isn't working we see that we go into certain churches and we feel death. You feel the death in that place. And it's packed. And there's 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people there. And there is no life to be had. And then the pastor gets up and with pride in his eyes and arrogance on his lips, compels the church to go out and fish. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they believe. Just bring them on in. We don't need to change them. We don't need to tell them about Jesus because that's controversial. Just bring them to God's house. Just catch the fish. There is a problem. With that theory? It's a fundamental problem that will always be a problem. You can catch a fish, but if you don't gut it and clean it and put it on ice and put salt on it, it begins to stick. You walk by many churches and something stinks inside. God help us. You walk by many churches and, and you smell it. Because you get see people walking out, going to the same clubs the world goes to, mm-hmm. saying the same things the world says, mm-hmm. indulging in the same vices the world indulges mm-hmm. in. And so, in the end, when all is said and done, church is nothing more than a social club with a membership fee. That's That's right. right. When men walk into the house of God, they're expected to change. that's 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 right. When men walk into the house of God, the Word must compel them to be transformed by the power of God. Oh, That's yeah. what the Bible tells us. Yeah. Yeah. And if men are not compelled to change when they walk into God's house, then God is not in that house. Yeah. I've had people leave when they started to hear me preach. I in' his mind because I knew what was making them leave. That's right. <laughs> it wasn't God telling them to run out the doors. It was their flesh that didn't want to hear. Yeah, that's right. See, the flesh will always resist the spirit. It is the natural way of things. Amen. Amen. But our responsibility nonetheless remains that we preach the truth of God's word That's right. mm-hmm. without reservation. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And without compromise. Uh, without excluding the name of Jesus and the word uh, salvation uh, yeah. and the word righteousness and holiness. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we exclude these things, though we may grow in number, we will not grow in life. We will be as dead things. Blind and grasping. Hoping to find what we left behind, what we sold our souls for. I truly believe that at today's day and age, every minister stands at the crossroads. And the choice is left up to them. Do I want quantity or quality? Simple as that. <coughs> and the path you choose will determine God's blessing on the house. Yeah. Because it may not be the biggest church, and it may not be the richest church, but All I really want it to be is the most powerful church. Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah!
0: See, numbers don't matter to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One man that stands with God will vanquish an army of 10,000. One man sold out to God will do more to further the kingdom of God than the church of 16,000 that aren't quite sure if Jesus is the Son of God or not. Amen. Numbers don't matter to God. What matters to God is that we stand before Him and say, Lord, whatever it is that you need of me, whatever you need for me to do to further your kingdom, I will do it joyfully and without hesitation.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Because see, all of us want to serve, but some of us still have that ego inside us. When we want the big jobs. You know what I'm talking about, Lord? I want to be a minister. I want to be either an evangelist, a healer, or a preacher, or a prophet. Because I know my aptitudes, and that's that's really all I can do.
1: <laughs>
0: the book tells us. that God is looking for
1: laborers.
0: The He's not looking to fill management positions.
1: <laughs>
0: God is looking for laborers. Yeah. And if all God asks me to do in this life is to come to church every Sunday morning before service and vacuum the place,
1: hallelujah, all right now, that's what I'm talking know. about, that
0: I would do it joyfully <laughs> and I would know that I would walk through my calling. New that's yours. right! That's, it's reasons reasons that's right! You. Hallelujah! <laughs> and you know what? It's not an easy job. But the benefits are great. Yes, it <laughs> is!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, people get excited over foolish things in this world. There's so coupon day, you see all the, the ladies <laughs> with <laughs> Seventy-five cents instead of thirty-five. How You see, somebody get a thousand-dollar rebate on a car, and they go to the roof. Before you walk out the car dealership, you've already spent the money. <laughs> and yet, there really isn't much excitement in God's house when God tells us His turn. And they're a lot better than a thousand-dollar rebate or double coupon day. That's for sure. That's <laughs> what Jesus says to each and every one of us that call ourselves children of God: is give me your wretchedness, your hypocrisy, your duplicity, everything that you know to be dark and wicked in you. Give me your pain. <laughs> And give me your burden and give me your insecurity. And give me your doubt. And in return, I will give you hope. Yeah. And I will give you peace. Yes. Hallelujah. And I will give you joy. Yes. And you will walk with me all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Thank you. And in the end for having exchanged. Sin and all your burden for the peace and the joy that I offer. If you can manage to return the role that I give to you as white as I gave it to you, you will receive a reward beyond imagination. For I will give you eternity in paradise where there will be no sorrow where there will be no tear, where no loved ones will simply die and vanish away, Thank you, God. where there will be no disappointments, where there will be no heartaches, Hallelujah. where there will be no war, where there will be no death, where God Himself will be your life, where you will walk streets of gold. Yeah, <coughs> that's a good offer. Yes, that he is. can't beat it. Hallelujah. And yet, some of us are still hesitant. Because we still believe the deception that the enemy has managed to weave. That the world would have something to offer us. Greater than what God would offer us today. It doesn't. It is an illusion. Because no man has ever looked back on his life and said, I regret coming to God so young. I wish I could have reveled in the world a little more. Mm -hmm. But almost every single man I've met would say that I regret not coming to God sooner. Last Friday. Because I was dead. And only when I knew him did I know what life was. That's right. See, we have reason to rejoice
1: <coughs> We have
0: reason to cry out and praise God tonight. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, there was a lame man that Peter and John healed, and he looked about and he praised God. Yes. And he was just lame.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were dead. Yeah. We, we were dead. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. We have reason to be dead. Yeah. We have reason to praise God
1: tonight. We have
0: reason to serve Him. We have reason to diligently seek after righteousness. We have reason to be lights to this world of darkness. We have reason to burn bright for our God. We have reason. Now all we need is to have will. God can't impose it on us. I was talking to Gino tonight, and after we watched that thing on television, I said, "Yeah, you know, some people imagine that Jesus will put a noose around their neck and drag them into heaven. He can't. God cannot drag you or push you into heaven. He simply says the door is open. Hallelujah. Walk through. He can only take you to the door." We can't make you walk through. And for someone here tonight, I've been standing there staring at that open door for what seems like ages. And every day that passes, you console yourself by saying, well, it was open yesterday and the day before the day before, surely it will be over tomorrow as well. Know this. The Bible tells us that the Master will one day stand up and shut the door. And God forbid that you find yourself outside. You have the opportunity to walk through Hallelujah. Don't delay. This is for your own soul. Hallelujah. Don't delay. Because tomorrow is not yours, and it's certainly not mine. And I can't guarantee the next five minutes, let alone the next 12 hours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do what you must to know Hallelujah. that you are in the will of God. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Because whether you're ahead or behind, you're still not in God's will. See, there's a lot of Christians that like to make decisions for God. Whoever this is for, I don't know, but I have to say it, because, you know, God tells us to take one step and stop. But as impatient people, we see the direction in which he's pointing us, and we think we can help God out.
1: And so rather than
0: take one step, we take 15 And we see a curve in the road and we think logically, that's where we're supposed to be going. See, I've met a lot of people whom God never told to do what they did. I've met a lot of people that have gotten so far ahead of God that they came to a very bad end and then they blamed God for it. See, I met a brother that actually moved to Venezuela because he thought destruction was so imminent that he had to get out of this country and he believed that God told him. He came back to the U.S. and I met him and he said, you know what, I sat there and I think, I, I thought about it and I realized something. God told me to just Go outside to my front door and I ended up in Venezuela. And when I lifted my eyes to God and said, Lord, what am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing here? Because you're not speaking to me. He said, God looked down and said, What are you doing in (laughs) Venezuela? You can't hurry God. I know that it's temporal beings just creatures on this planet we would like to we would love to see everything happen in one day but it's not that easy in his time God will work his perfect will in your life just be patient in his time
1: God will fulfill
0: everything he said he would do Just be patient. God's not on our time clock. We're on His. And for every day that passes, we have an opportunity to pluck another soul from the world. With every day that passes, we have the opportunity to show the world what it is to be a child of God. To have hope in the midst of chaos. To have joy in the midst of hardships. Soon the world will see the difference between those that are children of God and those that are not. And soon you too will see the difference between those that are truly children of God and those that simply call themselves children of God. For God is not mocked. Know this for certain, God is not mocked. You can pull one over on me, and you can pull one over on the pastor. Because whenever we're in the house of God, you know, we can act pious when we need to, and we can bow and genuflect and raise our hands. Can't mock God. He knows all things. What's the point of trying? Why not simply repent? Why not simply come before him with an open heart and say, Lord, I'm sick of being a hypocrite. I want you to make me a child of yours. And then you will know what it is to be alive. You will know what it is to have the love of God burning in your heart. You will know what it is live for a cause greater than yourself. Because when God enters your heart, He makes you greater than the sum of all that you are and all that you ever hoped to be. He gives you boldness and courage. He gives you the words to speak. He guides your steps. And He holds you by the hand. Thank you for being here tonight. Tomorrow, Probably more of the same. God God knows. Um,